My name is Rachel Peru and I'm a 50-year-old grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career age 46 modelling and on social media I found so many women, inspiring and amazing women over 40 who were really embracing their midlife and helping to break down the stereotypical barriers. I really wanted to share these stories with you, so let's celebrate and firmly place a spotlight on women over 40. My weekly reminder that you are not invisible and it's never too late to try something new. Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Bubble Podcast. My name is Rachel Peru, and today we are joined by intuitive coach uh, Ange de Lumiere, which I just think is such a beautiful name. Ange has had a really interesting career. She spent uh, years training to be an international business lawyer, uh, worked and studied and, and had a career for 15 years, had some life-changing events happen that really shifted everything. And she now is an, a, a business intuitive coach and is really focusing on helping people follow that intuitive gut instinct and to be able to listen and really home into that to make changes in their lives. So I'm really looking forward to how somebody from a very kind of hard-faced business world makes those changes to a more softer spiritual side and how they harmony together. So I'm looking forward to listening to Angie's story. So good morning. Welcome Angie to Our Simple Podcast. Thank you for having me. Another lovely connection that we've made through social media. I'm so grateful to be able to connect with like-minded women at the moment. There seems to be a real band of women coming together, which is great, isn't it? Yes, and I really appreciate being here. And um, I think we have, yeah, we'll, we'll find out how much we have in common, but that will be interesting. Whereabouts are you based, Ange? I'm in the southwest of England, north of Bristol. Um, but originally I'm from Paris. Yeah. Oh, lovely, which is where your beautiful surname comes from, Delumio. Yep. It's really, really pretty. Yep. So for people that don't know anything about you, Angie, how do you describe yourself and what you're doing? Okay, I call myself a business visionary. And the reason why I chose those words, I've morphed into various things, is because one of my gifts is to be able to see people through the eyes of angels. And that's something I didn't know I had when I was an international business lawyer. I had no idea. Um, but you could, if you see it in more um, mainstream terms, it's that I can see people's potentials within them and within their business. I, I can see the full potential of a person uh, because I read the energy. And so um, I love to support female entrepreneurs who have big visions. Maybe they don't dream big enough, that's one point, but I, I help them with the confidence. And um, I have a framework now, which I call the EPIC framework, um, which combines energy, prosperity, intuition, and the, the C is a triple C, it's courage, confidence, and clarity. Because with, with the intuition, if you don't have courage, you might as well just throw it in the bin. It takes so much courage to follow your intuition because you usually have the confirmation after you take the leap of faith. And it's been a really big transition for me because when I was a, an international business lawyer, I, everything I thought anyway, was in my control, so to speak. So, you know, if I worked hard enough at uni, I would get good grades, which I did. Mm. Uh, if I then applied for a job and worked hard enough at it, I would get promoted, which happened. So I had a thriving 15 year career mm. where if I did my part, 
things would happen the way I wanted. Yeah. More or less. Okay. There's no, never any guarantees, but it was more down to me. And I thought that I was in control and I had been told by my parents, my dad was a surgeon, my mom was a nurse, that if you worked hard, then you would be rewarded. And then suddenly everything was pulled from under my feet and none of it worked anymore. Um, there was a sort of, well, the way that life happens, a sort of awakening, like mm. the universe knocked on my door a couple of times and because I didn't listen, it knocked louder and louder until there was a crisis, which I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to your um, podcast will have experienced yeah. or witnessed either, either or. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't have a choice. So I had to, um, I was sort of, I know this is going to sound disgusting, but I was sort of spat out of the corporate world <laughs> mm. because I didn't belong there anymore. So it's, it's literally, it was bound for me one day to not have a job anymore. And that's what happened. Right. And from there I had to completely reinvent myself. So because I had some savings, I started exploring all the things that I'd never given myself permission to explore. I know you were, you wanted to but ask Yeah, just question, because, so. because what immediately strikes me is when somebody that, that takes on a career such as law, you have to dedicate so many years in training and studying yeah. and, and then to work hard to get to the position you're at. So I can imagine it becomes your whole being. It's all encompassing. So then to be spat out, as you say, and to be thrown out of that, that must have a huge impact on you. It, it's interesting because I never really associated with it. I never felt that I, f I fit in that world. Mm. And so I didn't think it would impact me that much not to be a lawyer anymore, but actually it did. Mm. Because, and it's more because wherever you go, the first question that people ask you is, what do you do? Yeah. It's not, what do you love? It's not, what do you like doing? Mm. It's not, who's your best friend or what's your hobby? And so I couldn't answer people. So, and, and it actually had the impact that I would retreat within myself and not go anywhere because I didn't want people to ask me that question that I couldn't answer. And I felt mm. confused and embarrassed. And, and also I tried so many different things and then I felt like, I, yeah, I suppose it helped me to realize that I'm not what I do, but mm. it's still hard for me to just know who I am without defining myself. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because we're also keen to put each other in boxes, aren't we? But it sort of helps people understand you. So the first thing that actually happened that was the most interesting, the first title that I, I said, and it was more like a spontaneous thing, because I was still friends with some of my lawyer friends. And uh, we reconnected on Facebook after a few years when I, I was exploring the intuition world. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends, he's a very good friend from uni. And he said to me, uh, he wanted to introduce what I was doing to my friends. Like, oh yeah, oh, she's back and she's doing this. Mm -hmm. And he described me as a medium. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and that's when I said, I'm a spiritual lawyer. It just kind of literally came out of my, oh, of my fingertips mm -hmm. on, the, on the keyboard. I thought, yes, that actually it's quite a good description because I'm still a lawyer. I'm not going to deny the fact that I've been a lawyer for 15 years. Yeah. It's part of my experience, an experience that I chose and I can see more and more, more the more time goes by, the more I understand why I've chosen this. Mm. Uh, and yet I'm different because now I look into spiritual laws and it makes a lot of sense because I love the law of attraction. I talk about intuition and I'm more into spirituality, even though I don't like the word because having explored the spiritual world for 15 years, um, 
it didn't feel that spiritual to me. So there right. were some things that were kind of grating me. And I, I much prefer to talk about heart centered or, you know, wanting to, uh, to serve. Um, but still, I can't find another word that's better to describe at, at that time. Yeah. So, but then it was more like a conversation starter. People still didn't have a clue what I was doing. But it's a good conversation starter, though, because it yes. gets into, you know, I like having conversations, actually, with people. Hmm. Um, and I've morphed into several things uh, until I found this. Even the business visionary has only been recently that I've been using it. Before, I was using intuitive business strategies. That felt a bit too long and a bit wordy. I think business visionary, I'm finally owning it because I am a visionary. I can literally see people's visions within them and bring it out and um and some people get scared and some people embrace it yeah and um, it's interesting you say that word owning it because i think i talk to lots of women um that get to their 40s and 50s and upwards that find themselves for the first time quite often in life owning what they're doing and having yeah. that inner confidence to say yes this is me this is what i'm about this is what i'm doing and i'm owning it and it's really it's interesting yeah. that it takes sometimes takes women such a long time to get to that point Absolutely. I had to peel up to unlearn so many things mm. because I was a people pleaser, because I wanted to do well and I'm incredibly ambitious and all that sort of thing. So yes, I did have a midlife crisis in my thirties actually, mm. where I, you know, I had the job, I had the husband, I had the two lovely kids. Uh, and then I was like, what's in it for me? Mm. What is in it for me? And I couldn't find anything. That's when actually, um, luckily I have a sister who's an artist. And I was very artistic myself when I was a kid, but um, obviously it's not something that your parents tell you to do because it doesn't pay the bills. So yeah. I did the responsible thing and she did the irresponsible thing. So we had this sort of dance between us um, and, and she invited me into her world and she said, look, let, um, I know you want, it happened in a really magical way because I went to uh, San Francisco to visit a friend and um, we went to some parties and everything and in one of the parties I saw this beautiful mosaic on the wall and I was just in awe of it I was like oh my goodness I wish I could do mosaics this is just so beautiful and it was just I shared with my sister not thinking anything of it and then my sister lives in Boston so I went to visit her and she literally bought the equipment a little flower pot and the little bits so I could play with it. Mm. And that's what we did whilst my, her husband looked after my son. So for half an hour, an hour, I was in her kitchen. And I used to mock her a bit because she's kind of so out there as an artist. And I, you know, I own the fact that I wasn't, we were polar opposites, let's put yeah. it this way. Yeah. So when she was like talking with her friends because she could bring her friends at home and they were talking about the, uh, what does the color orange feel like? And I was like, you know, yeah, <laughs> completely in my head, uh, really. The but so I did this flower pot, and it was just more like for relaxation for me. And she did her flower pot, and we chatted, and we hadn't seen each other in years, so it was really lovely to see each other. Mm. And when I finished my flower pot, she was like, she looked at him, she said, "Oh my goodness, oh your pot is amazing." And she kept on like saying why she thought it was in the flow and this and that, and what she saw in it. I was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't believe a word she said. Yeah. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. So I did it again and mm. again and again. And what I found really interesting is that the more I did that, the more I tuned into my intuition without knowing I was doing it. It was my form of tuning into something bigger. Mm. And it's only like 
probably six or seven years after that, um, because I gave my permission to do all the things I'd never wanted to do yeah. before, I went to a mediumship course and intensive for a week. And I had no intention. I still don't have any intention to become a medium. But I wanted to learn what's behind it because I'm a really curious person. I really like to look um, behind things. And what happened is um, I realized during this workshop that my art had always been channeled because I never planned any pieces. And whenever I put my, you know, it, it was almost, I always said, it's bigger than me. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not talented enough to do this. Mm. And I, I've said that so many, many times. Yeah. And I felt almost like my hands were doing the work and my, my, my mind was switched off. Mm. So this allowed me to put almost like a piece of the puzzle together. And, and I also realized that in during that workshop that I had channeled all my life. And I didn't even know what channeling was. You know, I was raised a Catholic in Paris by a very devout dad uh, and a mum on the other side who was a complete atheist. Mm. And so all these things, I had no one to talk about to them. But I, I remembered in that workshop when I was about eight or nine years old. Don't, you know, don't um, take my word for the age. But I remember um, I used to have always people come to me and talk to me and, and share their problems, even from a very young age. And I remember thinking, even as a child, that the words that I used to say to them didn't feel like they were my age. They felt they were older than me. Yeah. And I didn't know what was happening, but it was like, I, I just found the words that were right to say to people to soothe them. And so more and more people always came to me. Mm. And that was only revealed to me when I went to see a psychic who actually said to me, um, do you know you're a natural healer? And I said, no, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> And she said, okay, so do you, do you have an awareness that when people come to talk to you, they feel living better than when they've come to you in the first place? And that's when I started connecting the dots and realizing that there was something big there. And How easy was that to, to trust yourself and that, that instinct? How did, was there a battle for a while? Yeah. Or oh, you... yeah, still now, still hmm. now the battle is still there because I have such a strong mind. I have mm. such a strong mind and my, it's like, but it, it's, it's my purpose because I'm here to help people marry what I call logic to magic. Mm. Because if you don't, if you use only logic, you're missing half, half of your capacity. And yeah. if you use only magic, so I call them like the hard nosed business people and the fluffy unicorns. Mm. I don't want to be either. Mm. I want to have the full potential. Yeah. I want to be the, the person, and I do, that uses their intellect as well as their intuition. And I call mm. that intuition intelligence, yeah. which That's is much bigger than, than intelligence. There's been some people who have written about it as well. It's, it's not a, a word that I created, but it does fit for me. Mm. And, um, and I love it. And I, I want this to become mainstream. You know, my big mm. dream, I'm, I'm launching what I call the intuition revolution. I've just in the process of trademarking it as actually. And my goal is to have intuition taught in schools, starting with business schools, but everywhere, because I think it will add to everything that we do. It's almost like you magnify, you put like this super engine in your car. So for somebody that doesn't know anything about intuition, how do you describe it? What, what, okay, what, so how do we look at it? Yeah, I was very lucky that someone asked me this question and the words literally flew out. I'm going to try and remember them. But for me, intuition is intelligence without thinking. Right. So it doesn't come from your mind. It comes when you switch your mind off and you mm. just 
do the thing. Yeah. And so why do we find it so difficult to tap into that? Because we have been, that's my view anyway. Okay. I don't mm. know if it's the truth, but mm. I believe that we have been trained not to trust our intuition from very, very young. Mm. So as a parent, I can see that I could have done that. I don't think I have because I was conscious of that. But imagine one day you're having a really hard day and your child um, can pick up on your emotion and say, oh, mommy, are you okay? And you say, oh, of course I'm fine. Don't worry about it or something like that. We're lying, but we're negating their intuition because they yeah. know something's going on, but they get um, um, conflicting signals from things around them by people who have learned not to listen to their intuition and not to say what they really feel. Mm. And so because we get confused so many times over time and, and it starts probably from the time our parents talk to us and, and everything we observe around us, but it conflicts with what we feel and what we know the truth is, the truth mm. is in our heart. And so what happens over time is we tend to believe what people say rather than what we pick up from them. And there's like a, a shift and I've seen it happen with my children. This is the thing. I had this idea before, but I have had four kids and my first child is now 25 he's an engineer and I have seen how he went from before he went to school all the way to when he was to university and literally all that was squeezed out of him mm. and second child same thing yeah. and now I homeschool my younger two so I can keep the balance because that's yeah. what I want for them no, that's really so, interesting and I think you're right yes. and I think I think when I've talked to women, particularly the, the, the women that are in the 40s and 50s, it is like they do start rediscovering their intu intuition. Yeah. When they give permit, they're giving themselves permission. Yeah. And luckily, yeah. it's like a muscle. It's always there. Mm. But it's a lot harder uh, than when you haven't used it for a while. Mm. And um, at the same time, people need to understand exactly what intuition is to be able to work with it. Because there's mm. so many misconceptions. And it can also be um, mistaken for something else. It can be mistaken for fear, anxiety, uh, your imagination, your, your, your own thoughts. So it's all about, it's a very subtle work and uh, exploration. But this is why I, it took me 15 years to explore that. And I, I call it my PhD in intuition because I did embrace this intuitive thing for more than 15 years just to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. And... It's just fascinating. It's just so, and, and your intuition will never let you down. What lets you down is when you don't act on it or if you don't understand it because it can be misunderstood. And how sense? do you incorporate that into the, into the business uh, yeah. side of things? Because like, that's really interesting because you're right. You, know, you said earlier about it being the hard face business to the fluffy. There are, the poles yeah. apart, aren't they? Yeah, and they, and they look down on each other as well, mm. which is kind of funny. Yeah. So, I've, and this is why but for, for 15 years, I felt completely split because I felt shame with regards to the fluffy unicorns because I had a lawyer's background and they looked down at me like, what are you doing here? Mm. Or at least I felt they were. I don't yeah. think they were, but you know what you, yeah. you carry in your head. And the other way around, you know, I couldn't look back to the corporate world and say, like, you're a fluffy unicorn now. I'm like, I'm not. I'm neither near. I want to be me and I want to give permission to everybody else to be both and to, mm. be in the, to have the middle road where you don't have to um, meditate for hours or wear crystals or give up on coffee or wine because that's just <sighs> trinkets. It's not the truth. The truth mm. is your intuition is in your body and all you need to do is tune in. Mm. There's several obstacles, 
but they can be removed and, and things just like as when I, I, the, the, I used to use the analogy. I don't think it's a very good one, but I'll still use it because I haven't found a better one yet. If you know, in Wally, uh, the Disney film with the little robot, yes. when they get into the enterprise ship, none of the humans walk because they all have this little thing that they can hover everywhere. And so they can't use their legs. It's the same thing. What's happened to our intuition is that we've been told that intuition is useless. We have these little things that move around. So don't use your intuition. Please don't, don't, don't until we fall off the thing. And then we need to use the intuition and, and it takes a long time to be able to revert that thing. So it's the same thing. Mm. Um, what was your question though? Can about, you just about, about, about business, about business, in business. About how, yeah, okay. and how we can relate to that in business. Well, a lot of people use their intuition in business without knowing that's what they're doing. Mm. And then they rationalize. And that's exactly what I was doing as a lawyer. When I was a lawyer, I would find the solution and then I'd find the evidence to support the solution that I found. It was never through research that I found the solution. I just had it right away mm. and I never shared and I never even knew this was my intuition. I was like, okay, let's try this. Oh yeah, it fits. Let's do it. Mm. And, and people always wondered where I found my ideas or anything else. And I had no idea, but the fact it was my intuition. So it's more, it's not that it's not used in business. It's that it's not openly used in business. And that there's a few more brave, uh, braver, sorry, uh, business people who openly talk about it. Uh, but even if they do, because let's go back to the example of Steve Jobs, because he's the most famous person who talked about following your heart and your intuition. Yeah. I bet he didn't know how to do that. Mm. It just happened and he couldn't do it on demand. Yeah. And it's the same. And that's what I want to change. I want to teach mm. people how to do it on demand and unapologetically. And also I want to take the stigma away to think that if you use your intuition, you're actually not using your mind. That's not true. And it's interesting because there is a well. stigma. There is a stigma yeah. attached still to to anything. I think that that is something that we possibly can't explain. There's still a yeah. stigma attached to it, isn't there? So it's breaking down those barriers, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And in a way, I consider myself the um, successor of Steve Jobs because he said, "Follow your heart," and now I'm going to show people how to do it. Yeah, yeah. So how? How can we start implementing it in our daily lives if, we, if we're wanting to start leading a more intentional life? What kind of advice could you give to somebody to start incorporating it into their lives at home? I, I would say just experiment and mm. play with it. Um, but I do have like a four-step process that mm. I can suggest that can yeah. help, okay? So if you, if you had a decision that you have to make that's a little bit difficult or you don't know exactly what to do, what I would suggest first is to do like a mind dump and write all the questions you have in your head, everything that clutters it onto paper. Mm -hmm. And then just pick one thing you want to focus on and ask a question. Once you've done that, formulate the question. And that's, that takes some art and tweaking and, and experimenting because depending on how you ask the question, you get a different answer. Yeah. And play with that as well. You might want to ask different questions and then see how it plays because you're following like a trail of energy almost once you ask mm -hmm. the question. And the best way then, once you have your question clear, because the, one of the problems is people are not focused enough with their minds. They ask one question, then they ask another, and then another, and then another. And if they don't know what the answer is, they'll tend to be almost like, um, you know, one of those weather wings, just turning around yeah. and round and round. So you yeah. want first to have the focus and know exactly what are you focusing on Write it down so you know exactly what the answer is going to be because you know the question. Yeah. 
-hmm. So already you are like miles ahead of most people, if you know that. And after that, uh, intuition teachers would say, go and meditate. And I say, no, you go and have a shower, go for a run, go and for a drive, any activity that takes you on autopilot. Because mm. this is when, and for me, it was mosaics. We talked about it at the beginning yeah. there. That's when you'll receive the answers mm. and then pay attention and write it down. And then the last step, which is super important, is act on it. Now, acting on it doesn't mean necessarily take action to implement it, but it's at least to write down the answer that you have. And then you can ask your intuition again, should I be acting on it now? What should I be doing about this? And so it's like a process yeah. where you, yeah, you follow the energy. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's, and it's recognizing, it's recognizing the whole yes. process, isn't it? Yeah. And you can get signs from somewhere else. That's mm. also really important because I went, um, I like doing a bit of research and I researched the word intuition because it's the same in French. I was like, oh, where does it come from? And it actually is from medieval French and Latin. And it means actually to pay attention. Mm. Intuition is to pay attention. So what I would say, though, is that people like Michael Gladwell, you know, he wrote the book Link, which is, yes. is really good. He's missing a point, though, because he is completely about patterns. But I think intuition has another level. It can, enables you to see where there hasn't been anything done yet, because otherwise all you do is just repeat what's been done. And that's mm. not really creativity, is it? No. It's do, just you think, do you think more people have tapped into this unknowingly during this last year of the pandemic? because they've, they've been, had to go they've within. forced yeah yeah they've had to go within but have they followed the, the the call i don't know i don't know i think but, there's still that fear attached to it almost isn't yes there? and like also, you said the word courage yeah oh intuition without courage means yeah. nothing mm. absolutely nothing yeah. because it takes courage like it's taken me so much courage to come out as an intuitive so much I thought there would be people with pitchforks at my gates and stuff like that I mean I live in a village that is very like you know Anglican and very traditional hopefully mm. they're kind of kind and open-minded so you know they've actually embraced me in their community but yeah. there comes so much stigma around it and um, in April this year I took the step to go back on LinkedIn and be open about what I do mm. and I really thought I would be shut down and I did have one man make a super nasty comment on one of my com my posts mm. saying that i was exploiting you know weak women yeah mm. like we're weak yeah um and that sort of thing and then i thought well that it is what it is i haven't had anything any trouble since so um it was probably a reflection of my own fear anyway yeah um so i had to look at it and i was actually grateful that he did that so that i could clear it in my own mind and my yeah and also a reflection of what's going on in his head and how he's scared of as well that might be outside the box as well how could people find you Ange? uh the best is to go on my website which is called the intuition revolution.co.uk and from there you should find everything uh if you sign up for my newsletter there then you'll be informed of i run a five-day challenge I um, also run a tarot for um, business workshop, a free workshop uh, on a regular basis, because I have found that, well, I have had actually a 15 year career as a tarot reader. Oh, right. Uh, that's also how I tapped into my attrition because I'm not like one of those traditional uh, psychics that can see or hear. Uh, I know. Mm. And the cards have really helped me to confirm because I thought I was making everything up. And I think most people who are mainstream 
are faced with the same problem. So if they can't hear and they can't see, the best way to tap into their intuition is through the tarot. That's what I believe. Hmm. I've even created my own deck. I know, I know we're almost out of time, but I've even created a business deck that I use and do readings on my, on my page and on Facebook and in my, my free group. I'll because, put the notes on and get it all in the show notes. But you're also yeah. doing, you're also starting a podcast as well, aren't you? Exactly, called the Intuition Revolution. So um, it's going to be launched in March. And if people, I mean, it'll be easy to find. It's, it's the same yeah. name everywhere. The that will be really interesting because because I'm sure you will get people from all walks of life all with already, very different stories to tell. I which, am actually doing the, yeah. the interviews at the moment and it's fascinating and yeah. I absolutely love it. You know, I have people from very different walks of life. Mm. Absolutely. And that's what I want. I don't want psychics to come yeah. and talk on my show. I want um, what I call ordinary women mm. or men who know a little bit about intuition, who've had an interesting experience, but who first don't know how to use it on demand and who don't necessarily understand it very yeah. well. Because yeah. that's my ideal client. I really want people to, I want to empower people um, yeah. to show that their intuition can be something. And it brings magic and everything that you do because it creates synchronicities. And, and yes, I think for me, it's definitely changed my life mm. completely. Well, it's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you so, so much for sharing your story and sharing more about the work that you do. And I've learned lots today. So thank you. My last question that I ask all my guests, because I think women are notoriously bad at accepting compliments. So if you were to pay yourself a compliment, Ange, what would it be? I think I really like, I, I own the fact that I see people through the eyes of angels and I don't think that's something very common. So mm. I would say you're amazing at seeing people through the eyes of angels. Yeah. Even lovely business angels because they exist and business yeah. angels do. Lovely way to end. Thank you so much for your time today for sharing your story. And I will put all the links so that people can get hold of you on the show notes afterwards. But thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, that was a really lovely talk with Anne today. And it'll be interesting to think what you think about intuition. Do you follow yours? Is it something that you believe in? Or do you find the whole spiritual um, side of life just too woo-woo for you? Um, I know lots of people are quite scared of it. I'm definitely much more open-minded since I've been in my 40s and, and now my 50s. And I think, you know, I think there's lots of different things that should be explored. And I can certainly relate to how we have lost the ability to, to home into our intuition because our society and the way that we live our lives really just kind of push it out of us so i am interested in learning more about how we can reconnect with that so it's really interesting also to talk about how the kind of hard business world can marry with the softer side of life as well so what are your thoughts um is it too much for you or is it something that you're really interested in and if you do think it's too much for you what is it maybe you need to think about what it is that, that you find difficult to get your head around is it fear of the unknown is it just um something that you've just never thought about before so always great to have these conversations and to open up different discussions around midlife women and what we're doing and how we can create a better life for ourselves moving forward i will be back next week with another inspiring guest but in the meantime keep being fabulous thank you for listening to out the bubble podcast I hope you found lots of inspiration and it's left you with some midlife food for thought. How would you compliment yourself? I'd love to hear from you so I can share some love for all you women over 40. Please get in touch. Email me, rachel at outofthebubblepodcast.com. You can also come and join the Facebook page at Step Out of the Bubble. I'll be back next Monday, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous. <laughs>